brought to you today by Interior Life, which features spiritual master classes that provide tradition-based teaching sessions that apply the truths of our faith to everyday life using practical details and insights without sacrificing the mystical, supernatural nature of Catholicism. Follow the link in the description to learn more about Interior Life. Some interesting news came out at the same time that Father Altman took all the attention in the church and put it to the basic question of whether Francis is the Pope or not. That question and his delivery of it demanded a lot of attention and debate, and rightfully so. But an interesting piece of news got kind of lost in the shuffle. The Vatican announced that this next stage of the Synod on Synodality will be held behind closed doors, in secret. The next stage is a big meeting of bishops to be held in Rome in October. Those deliberations will be kept from the public. That is, if the Vatican can manage such a feat, which I doubt, and I'll go into why I doubt that towards the end. But they will try to keep the whole thing a secret. Now, why would they do that? Because they want to avoid scandal and the causing of rumors to swirl and gossip. What the powers that shouldn't be in Rome fail to admit is that they themselves have been the cause of scandal with their synod. They have caused scandal by the words spoken on numerous occasions by the cardinals running the synod, and by statements made by prominent laity who hold official positions in the synod. They themselves have caused it, by Francis claiming that the radical moves in the synodal process were the product of the Holy Spirit, and Francis is God of surprises. They won't admit that, though, so they now take to holding the synodal process in secret. Let's dive into the story, and for that we turn to, where else really, but America Magazine. For this headline, Pope Francis, Synod Proceedings Will Be Secret to Avoid Ideology and Gossip. You know, gossip is an interesting way of describing it. Francis has at least feigned frustration with the people who are pushing for the ordination of women to the sacramental diaconate or priesthood, as well as those who want the church to bless sin. To paraphrase something Francis himself said, but Francis has himself undermined his own public statements against the most radical elements in the church by providing them a prominent place to push their heresies, and in his own endorsement of James Martin's evil work, which Francis does every June now with a handwritten letter to James Martin that the priest then rushes to have published on social media and on his own websites, because of course he does, because they are endorsements of what he's doing. Those notes are endorsements of Martin's evil work, which has led many of us to think that Francis is going to give James Martin, at least in part, of what he wants out of the synodal process. But let's take a look at Francis's logic of keeping this all a secret. From the American Magazine article, quote, Asked how ideological polarization may be dealt with at the Synod, given that its proceedings will be secret, Pope Francis replied, There is no place in the Synod for ideologies. It is another dynamic. The synod is dialogued by the baptized, by the members of the church, in the dialogue with the world and the problems that humanity faces today. But when one thinks in an ideological framework, the synod ends. There is no place in the synod for ideology, he said. There is a place for dialogue and for confrontation between sisters and brothers, and confrontation with each other on priorities. Pope Francis confirmed that the synod's proceedings will not be public. We must protect the privacy, he said. This is not a television program where we speak of everything. It is a religious moment. It is a moment for religious exchange. He said the synod members will each speak for three or four minutes, and then there will be a period of silence with prayer, 
a moment of prayer. Without this sense of prayer, there is no synodality, he said. It is political. It is parliamentarianism. The synod is not a parliament, Francis said. There will be a commission, presided over by Paolo Ruffini, prefect of the Dicastery for the Communication, that will issue press releases on how the synod is going. But in the synod, we must protect the religiosity and the identity of the person who speaks. And, quote, some will say that his talk of prayer and religiosity is just fake. I think it's a mistake to assume that his religiosity is, a, is fake. I do think that he's a true believer. I just think he believes in something other than Catholicism. Most of the modernists are true believers. And in something that is totally lost on Francis, they are the most ideological people in the entire church. They are the ones who conflate religiosity with political action. They are the ones who tell us that if we have doubts about Laudato Si or Fratelli Tutti or those related issues, then we're not even Catholic. They are the ones who turn politics into religion. But they are true believers in their materialistic ideological religion. It is at best a distortion of Catholicism and at worst something entirely different. And I tend to think it's something entirely different. Now, it's worth noting here that the Mongolia trip of Francis is, is something that people will continue to talk about in the coming days as well for obvious reasons. Whenever Francis gives one of these in-flight press conferences, it's always fuel for the fire of not only speculation, but also pushback against his program of recovering the church. Now, some say we should tune out his in-flight press conferences entirely whenever they happen, but I vehemently disagree with that. Those are the only places he really and truly tells us what he thinks. He's unscripted in those meetings, and often unfiltered beyond basic Christian norms of public decency. For example, he pushed back on American Catholics, saying it was ideology behind our opposition to the changes the Synod will be debating. And I've covered this before. It's hence why I won't be repeating much of it here, except to say that he, on the one hand, talks about the Synod as a listening event, where the bishops must listen to the laity. But then he himself dismisses the concerns of the laity as being purely ideological. It would be maddening, except... He does this all the time. He undermines his own efforts, his own words, by doing the opposite of what he tells the rest of us to do. But after doing that, journalists asked him how we will know what the Synod is debating. Well, apparently, we're going to be getting official communiques from the Vatican each day, of course, from their press office. Quote, Another journalist asked the Pope, how can we journalists explain the Synod to people without having access at least to the plenary sessions to be sure that the information given to us is true. Is there not some possibility of being more open? Pope Francis insisted that the Synod will be most open, adding that Mr. Ruffini's commission will provide updates each day of the proceedings. This commission will be very respectful of the interventions of each participant, Pope Francis said. But it will not seek to give room for gossip when it gives information on the proceedings of the Synod, which is constitutive for the Church. If one wants to get the news that this one clashed with that one, that is gossip. He acknowledged that the Commission will not have an easy task, but it will tell that the Synod went this way today. It will provide a synodal dimension, not a political one. Remember, the protagonist of the Synod is the Holy Spirit, Pope Francis said. And how does one explain this except by transmitting the ecclesial happenings? And, quote, Having an official filter between the church and the hierarchy is amusing. And folks, it's not going to work. 
we will absolutely get leaks. The better bishops will be participating, and I guarantee you that some of them will allow news to filter out. Not only that, but the most strident of the modernists will let the media know that they're debating women's ordination or changing the church's teachings on various matters of the flesh or whatever, and the rest of it and the result of all of that will be, of course, that will get dispatches multiple times each day from the largely independent Catholic media and independent reporters on the ground there. And to think otherwise is naive. And Francis knows this too. His message to the journalist is actually pretty clear. Trust us and not the rest of the chatter that's going to happen. And I'll remind you of my prediction this entire time for the Synod. For the past two years of this thing, I have predicted that the bishops in October will issue their document that will be pretty radical. Due to the influence of the laity and the general spinelessness amongst most of the bishops. And we already saw this with sort of the, the Instrumentum Laborum that came out earlier in the summer. But then Francis is himself going to issue a more moderate document that will have concessions to the radicals in the footnotes and in the ambiguous writings of the text itself, but at a quick read will look more moderate. And why do I think that? Because that's what happened with the Synod on the Family in 2015. Out of that, we got a Morse Laetitia, which was more moderate than what the radical bishops themselves wanted. But the footnotes there were where the real details were. But I want to close this out today with a reminder of what Francis says about American Catholics. He digs at rigidity and ideology, and in doing so, he destroys his own argument. And this is made evident by keeping of this meeting in secret. After all, it's a listening church. How do you have secret meetings in a listening church? And the rebuttal to all this comes from Robert Royal of EWTN, writing over at the Catholic Thing website. He links the secretness of the closing of the Synod to the claims of how the Synod is supposed to listen to the laity, and how we are a listening church and all the rest of that nonsense. Remember what Francis said about American Catholics that a schism is essentially brewing, and they were all rigid and have lost the faith and replaced it with politics. So that's what he was saying about us. From Robert Royal's article, quote, Further, when people are troubled by criticism like those lobbied at American Catholics, a truly welcoming and listening church would try to walk with them too on the synodal path. An Eastern Orthodox prelate recently observed that the synod that will soon begin is not a recovery of an ancient form of synodality lost in the West, but preserved in the East. The Eastern tradition is what we had in the West a short while ago, too, a synod of bishops, an assembly of those with the apostolic authority to debate serious church matters. But if you're going to ignore both the Eastern and Western tradition and seek to have a Christian discussion among bishops and laity, however oddly some delegates have been chosen, and call it a synod on synodality, it's very strange to dismiss the most faithful and fervent members of the church with move on, move on, as Francis did, when you've just attacked them. Such treatment is the very reason many look upon the synod as something other than what it professes to be. It's not political chatter, as Francis in his flight earlier said either, to bring up real concerns about the synod based on what we've seen of the process thus far. We will be doing daily coverage from Rome here at the Catholic thing and via EWTN as well. Synod sessions will be closed to allow candid discussion, which is fine in theory, but no mere machinery can now abolish the polarization that the process itself has produced, as was also the case in past synods. Invoking the presence of the Holy Spirit, too, is not an answer to concrete questions that a tradition of faith and reason has always known must be confronted head-on and resolved by hard thinking, always in light of scripture and tradition. Preemptive discrediting of certain voices 
which may also be of the Holy Spirit, is not openness or welcome. It looks a lot like ecclesiastical ideology, perhaps even neoclericalism. End quote. Francis is the real neoclericalist. He and his henchmen are being the real neoclericalists. They are the ones being truly rigid. Not rigid in the faith, not rigidly clinging to the Catholic faith, but instead they rigidly cling to a worldly ideology. They rigidly cling to condemned heresies. They more than put the legitimacy of their claims to the offices they hold into doubt. They truly are the ones who sow schism and dissent. Not the faithful who simply want the same timeless Catholic faith to remain the same. All we want is the same faith and the church to defend the faith. It's really all we want. And here's the thing that Bergolians don't realize. The faith will remain the same, regardless of whatever it is they do. They may be building the ape of the Church of Catholic Prophecy, a process that started in the lead-up to Vatican II, that took off at the Council and then slowed down when some of the popes after the Council tried to maintain continuity between the old and the new. They may be doing that. All that leading to a titanic struggle in the Church that erupted, leading to years of internal strife in the life of the Church, made all the more manifest by Francis and his henchmen, who have taken it upon themselves to finish the job of instituting Vatican II. Folks, that's what they say they're doing. That is what they themselves have said, that they are trying to fully implement the wishes of the Second Vatican Council, which they said hasn't been fully implemented, and that the old forms of the liturgy represent a theology that no longer fits the Church. That was their fancy way of saying that Vatican II brought a fundamentally new religion into the world. That's what they're saying. Now, they are going about their work in secret. They may think they're going to be able to do that. They're going to fail. But what do you think about this? Do you think it's almost amusing that they're going to hold these, doors, these meetings behind closed doors, knowing full well that the Vatican leaks like a sieve? Do you think that they're going to be successful in keeping some of the most important details of the Synod closed and secret? Do you expect the radicals to get their way? Let me know what you think of all this in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. It helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.